Hey ladies, welcome to the Happy Body Podcast. I'm your host, Brooke. Does it feel like your brain is on overdrive? Maybe you're struggling with spiraling thoughts, uncertainty, and feeling like you can't relax. Well, hey, I have a solution for you. I'm a hypno coach, and I help women just like you every single day change the way their brains think so they can move through life's ups and downs feeling calm, confident, and energized. Let's dive in. Today's conversation is all about how you can actually reverse aging with lifestyle choices and essentially how your environment and habits literally impact your gene expression. And this might sound too good to be true, but don't worry because we're going to go into the research and the data behind all of this with my very special and brilliant guest, researcher and founder of True Diagnostic, Hannah Went. Hannah graduated from the University of Kentucky with a degree in biology. She went on to work for the International Peptide Society as their director of research and content. And while there, she saw an opportunity for methylation-based age diagnostics. That's a lot of big words. Don't worry. We're going to break it all down. But she started True Diagnostic in 2020. She's also created Everything Epigenetics, where she shares insights on how DNA regulation has an impact on your health. Ooh, I am really excited about this topic. Thank you so much for being here, Hannah. Thanks, Brooke. Super excited to chat with you today. We've got this big topic, epigenetics. So first, can you just explain to all of us what the word epigenetics means? <laughs> yes. So if we were to actually break it down, epi is actually a Greek prefix. It means above or on top of. And then I'm sure, you know, most people are familiar with what your, your genetics are, your genes, kind of this structure, our, our underlying biology that's not going to change our nucleotides, these A's, T's, and C's, and G's that, that make us us. So we're looking kind of above the genome. That's exactly what, what epigenetics means. As we, we go through life, we have all of this different stimuli, right? Our environment, different lifestyle factors. We can even really get into different supplements, medications, procedural-based therapies or protocols, other interventional plans. So all of those things are going to change essentially the expression of our genes. And I think a really good example that I've always found super helpful is let's just talk about our, our body to start off. So we have our eyes and our heart, right? Mm -hmm. Those both have the same genes. Every organ, every system in our body has the same genes. So if they have the same genes, you know, that makes you think, well, what makes our eyes, our eyes and our heart, our heart, right? Mm -hmm. Well, it's going to be those epigenetic expressions, kind of which genes are turned on and which genes are turned off. So a lot of people mm. like to uh, think of it as a light switch almost, or yeah. even as the software of, of a computer. So your epigenetics is your software and your genetics is kind of that hardware, that infrastructure that really isn't going to change. So the reason that I thought this would be so interesting to talk about today is because I, you know, for example, when I was 31, I got diagnosed with high blood pressure. I was a bit stressed out. <laughs> I was an events director. I was running around. I wasn't doing a very good job of calming my nervous system. And in my family, you know, you hear a lot of like, well, that just runs in the family. <laughs> Mom's like, well, I have it. Your brother has it and your grandfather had it. So it's kind of just your destiny. And there's this idea of just because it runs in the family. And so it is now with 
hypnotherapy and subconscious work, we talk a lot about the belief systems that are passed down from generation to generation and how that's impacting our behavior. And so I love this idea of epigenetics because it's proving this idea that just because something is hereditary doesn't necessarily mean you're stuck with it. Right. Yeah. So true. So true. Mm -hmm. And your lifestyle and your habits can actually determine whether or not your genes express certain health concerns or not. Is that correct? Exactly right. And I was laughing. I, I love the the snippet you said there, you know, it's, it runs in the family, it runs in the family. And that's such a good way to describe it. Now, you know, no one's given that example before, but you're exactly right. You hear a lot of these sayings now, your food is medicine, or you're not your DNA, or, you know, you are what you eat, all of these kind of Mm-hmm. empowering statements that you're in control, that you're in the driver's seat. And I really think we're starting to see a shift in autonomy of people, you know, realizing that they can really determine their future by the environment they're surrounding them themselves in, by their lifestyle, by what food they're eating. So I think it's, it's kind of a, a movement that we'll see across time and it'll only get better that we are really in control. The decisions that we're making, you know, the air quality that we surround ourselves with, all of that is having an effect on our body really down to the molecular level. And I always like to call it, you know, we're shifting our epigenetics, our our epigenetic markers in our our favor. That's really the goal. Yeah. And so essentially what you're able to do with true diagnostic is look at people's biological age. How old does their body say they are? And what does that mean about their actual health? Correct. So looking at these epigenetic methylation markers, we're able to take just a a little blood sample from you. So, you know, we give you a finger prick, a nice little kit. You take your sample, put it on a blood spot card, ship it back to our lab. We're going to process your sample. We look at almost a million different epigenetic markers. And we're taking those epigenetic markers into account using all of our published validated algorithms, you know, some AI, machine learning, deep learning processes to predict things like your biological age. So the biological age is really going to be the age of your body at the cellular level. And typically we can compare that to your chronological age, which is, you know, how many years you've been on this earth, how many candles you're blowing off your birthday cake every year. And What we've come to find out and learn that I think is just revolutionary is that if any of these age outcomes come out as accelerated or older than your chronological age, you are at risk for almost every single chronic disease and death. And and that's a very powerful statement, but it was a huge breakthrough back in, in 2011 when Dr. Steve Horvath, who really pioneered this entire field, discovered that because, um, you know, now it's related to clinical outcomes. And I think that's the the real key there is these markers have to be related to clinical outcomes. So we know how to measure it, how to mitigate it and how to essentially change. So how do you change? Say mm-hmm. I took the true diagnostic test and I found out my chronological age I might be 37, but like, maybe I'm functioning like a 25 year old. <laughs> I don't know exactly. if I had to guess. <laughs> Yeah, you're, you know, you're exactly right. And I think the bigger picture here, I'll preface by saying we are, are able to change your biological age. Chronological age isn't going to change Yeah, your biological age, your epigenetics. You're able to change that. Now your genetics, that baseline DNA 
you know, sequence that infrastructure, you're not going to change that. So you right. can test your genes once that's not going to change epigenetics. Maybe you get a score back that you're not a huge fan of, or where, you know, you are a fan of, but you want to keep getting that biological age lower and lower. You yeah. can implement different changes that I'm sure we'll talk about Lifestyle some of them. changes that'll actually cause your biological age to go down. So that's Correct. why this is so powerful because you can actually do something about it. So if my test came back and it said that I'm functioning biologically at 45, mm-hmm. okay, great. I've got this information. What can I do with it? Yeah, it, exactly. I, I focus solely usually first thing on lifestyle factors. I'm claiming this title. I have done more report reviews than anyone else in the world. I can almost guarantee it. We've been open to diagnostic now for almost three years. And that's really what I do on a day-to-day basis. And I love it. I love being able to see the trends in the data being able to say, oh, wow, this is really what works or this is what we thought would work, but it's actually not working as we once may thought it would. So it's really interesting to be able to talk about people and their routines and their strategies. But if there's one thing that it always comes back to, it's the people who, you know, live on a farm, live a simple life, who are following all of the lifestyle factors to a T where it, it, it just really builds a good foundation for biological aging. What are those lifestyle factors? This yeah, is, so it's fascinating, by the way. <laughs> yeah, definitely. Diet's a big one, right? Mm-hmm. When we talk about diet in terms of epigenetic regulation and lowering your biological age, we've found that things like quality food, right? Yeah. So there's a, a diet out there called DASH that they looked at in a study, dietary approaches to stop hypertension. That's going to be more of your greens, your fruits, your veggies, actually less red meat, less sugar-sweetened beverages, less sodium, more legumes, more whole grains. So, you know, it's, it's pretty intuitive, but now we have proof behind it that better diets actually lead to better biological aging. Yeah. Um, and believe it or not, caloric restriction is a big one. There's a trial that just came out that's just got published in Nature where just a 10% caloric restriction, just eating less, can mm-hmm. actually result in a better pace of aging, better biological aging. Mm. So I know yeah. uh, that one can can be a little bit difficult. You know, I, I enjoy eating. Right. Uh, it's a lifestyle. Yeah. It's a show, social kind of it's gathering. It's a little controversial, but I think it's great to talk about because here's the thing, you know, at the end of the day, one thing that I teach my clients is when it comes to food, most of us have been taught to eat past the point of actually satiated. So mm-hmm. it's not about restriction. It's about actually tuning into why you're eating. Yeah. I think that's, I think that's great. Whenever I'm talking with my providers about this as well, I say, you know, it's not about taking anything away. It's just being a little bit more reasonable, changing your habits, Mindful, tuning in. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Mindful. That's the perfect word, Brooke. That's what I was looking for is, you know, we're, we're taught to eat at five smaller meals a day, three meals a day, breakfast, lunch, dinner, you know, when you go to eat, just ask yourself, am I actually hungry? Right. I have a huge sweet tooth. Yes. I want a piece of chocolate after every meal. Um, sometimes and that's fine. But you ask yourself, am I really hungry? Can, can I make a better choice? And yes. once I think you start changing your mindset, you actually see that reflected in your daily habits. Absolutely. This is a really big one. When we go back to generational beliefs and things that are passed down, this idea of be part of the clean plate club or finish your plate because there's a starving child in Africa, right? Eat past the point of actually being full. Right. I think in Brazil, they don't say I'm full. Like we do in in America, right? We're like, I'm so full. Instead they say I'm satisfied. 
So you just eat to the point of being satisfied or nourished as opposed to eating to the point of being overfull and uncomfortable. And that's the shift. When you start asking the question, like you said, am I hungry or have I had enough? Mm -hmm. You just ask that one little question. Yeah. Right. Yeah. And I think we'll see more studies come out with that as it relates to food as well. But yeah, caloric restriction looks really good. You know, things like the DASH diet, more of a Mediterranean based diet as well. Mm -hmm. Again, just quality food over quantity. If you think more in that mindset, rather intuitive, but we do have really good data behind it. Yeah. Whole foods. Exactly. Um, And just because you are restricting your calories, right. Doesn't mean you go get a happy meal from McDonald's and then say, Oh, I've restricted my calories. You know, that's worse than eating more quality foods, but yeah, totally. You get the point. Yeah. Okay. So diet is one of these lifestyle shifts that can Mm -hmm. actually reverse your biological age. What else are you seeing? My absolute favorite to talk about is stress. I actually usually bring that one up first. (laughs) The first thing that came to my mind when we were talking about stress is, you know how you see like a new president at the beginning Mm -hmm. of their presidency, they Mm -hmm. look one way and four years later, you can see their hair is much more gray. Like there's a massive shift. And so I just think that's a perfect example of like, here's a person who's put in a highly stressful situation and the epigenetics of that is like, it activates certain parts of their genes that say, okay, let's start graying the hair. You're exactly right. You are exactly right. That's going to be your phenotypic variation where say, for example, we all know someone who's 30 that looks like they're 50 and vice versa. Someone who's 50 that looks like they're 30, right? So it's going to be those different epigenetic expression levels. Actually, they came out with a paper. I think now it might be a year or two old that discovered that the reason we get gray hair is through an epigenetic mechanism and it can actually be reversed. Um, yeah. And a lot of it has to do with stress. (gasps) Yeah. I'm sure my listeners are already thinking like, oh my God, how can I reverse my grays? (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. No, so true. Stress. Start with stress. You know, it's rather simple. It's easier said than done, but have less stress. So I say this is my favorite because I am just a naturally tightly wound human being. I can't remember a time there was just like no stress. It's just like, I'm always kind of the the stressful, anxious type of person. Funny enough, my best friend, even we, we were chatting and she just got married and she's never felt anxious until her like until wedding. And she was wedding, wedding. I feel her. I yeah, just had I a said, wedding about eight months ago. Really? Yeah. <laughs> but I said, that must be nice. You know, you never feel like anxious or stressed and it's just really crazy how it's dependent on, on the type of people too. So yeah, it was, it was weird to see her experience that feeling for the first time, but yeah, stress is, is a big one. And you know, the reason it just, I think affects everyone is because any type of stress you undergo or you're going through your body is, is going through the same kind of uh reaction. So whether your best friend's not texting you back or your house is on fire, mm. your body is sending that same kind of stressor through. It'd be great if we could differentiate between the two, but it's causing inflammation, more oxidative stress inside the body. It's going through all of that. I would say, you know, harmful-ish pathway, but again, there's things we can do to reverse it. So, you know, some things I definitely enjoy doing are hot yoga, walking, reading, uh, journaling, just writing to write. I'm not artistic at all, but, you know, drawing, uh, coloring, anything like that, even some meditation, deep breathing, really training your mind 
to think differently, which is really hard. Mm-hmm. Um, but right. Kind of, even yeah, your, your that's thoughts. And that's, mm-hmm. I love that you said that Hannah, because that is exactly what we do in hypnotherapy mm-hmm. is training the brain to hit the off switch on fight or flight and move into parasympathetic, calm that critical mind and relate to our stress differently. So like to your point about whether there's a house burning or someone cuts you off on the freeway, your body's responding the same way. It thinks it's running from a tiger, Mm -hmm. like run and hide or fight. Right. Yeah, exactly. Learning to relate to that differently and kind of slow that amygdala hijack essentially. Right. Yeah. Calm that response a little bit. So are you actually seeing data on this with meditation? Yeah, yeah, definitely. There's um, just the RR, the relaxation response where usually, you know, people will put on a set of headphones or or some type of relaxing type of music or, or melody, and then they'll do some breathing exercises. And we do see better age-related outcomes before and after of people who are actually practicing that. Um, so th- the data is is definitely there. I think, you know, it, it's kind of inevitable too. We're, we're not able to account for the future. So we may have stressors thrown on us. So mm-hmm. even though if you're not, if you're not a stressed out person naturally, but you don't deal with stress very well, that can also accelerate the biological yeah. aging. So like you said, I want to come back to you know, the hypnosis thought there and and working through that Brooke is being able to identify the stress. It's an, it's inevitable. It's going to come being okay with that, being able to process that in a way where you're not getting worked up, I think is really the end goal. Absolutely. Absolutely. Also, I laugh because I have had, (laughs) I'm going to toot my horn here for a second, (laughs) but I've had people say, Oh, you don't look 37. Like you definitely look 31, 32. And I always say, it's all that hypnotherapy and yoga. I swear. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> and yeah, now well, you're telling me that there's, there's starting to be some data to support that. <laughs> definitely. You told me your, your age, I think even before we got started, I was thinking that same exact thing. I was thinking you look very young. So <laughs> I agree with, with that statement there. It's so true. People who look younger also have better biological age outcomes. So there's that phenotypic part of it as as well. A lot of quality of life based metrics are associated with biological age. So just to name a couple, you know, people who have faster biological aging, they have weaker grip strength mm. or they have slower walking speed, slower gait speed. People have more cognitive decline as they start to have faster biological ages. They can't, you know, lift heavy packages or, um, you know, in, and when you talk about cognitive decline, I'm not talking dementia or Alzheimer's that's definitely yeah. there, but walking into a room and like not remembering why you walked into the room. So even just kind of those little things as well, which happens to all of us which sometimes. Which I have been there. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. But, um, you know, you I wanted to make sure we're not going too extreme on, on those scales. Mm-hmm. So there, it, it is there, those, those quality of life-based metrics can be really interesting because we typically see those decline as people get older, you know, in our parents and our grandparents as well. So with true diagnostic, is this something that anybody can order direct or do they have to go through a doctor? Do they have to have like a prescription? They can go directly online. So if anyone wants to measure their biological age, there's truediagnostic.com, T-R-U, diagnostic is singular, but you can order the kit online. Um, You don't have to go through a healthcare provider. I may recommend trying to find one just because they're probably going to offer you a really nice consult that goes with, with the test and more than happy to make recommendations or referrals if you're looking for someone in your area. But I think it just goes really nicely when you have a healthcare provider there to support you, but it's definitely not necessary. 
so they can look at the results with you and then decide what are some of the changes that need to be made that can actually help. Yeah, exactly. And I get so excited when people tell me that they test their biological age. I think knowledge is power. Everyone needs to know. So that really is the first step. What gets me more excited is when people test a second time. So Mm. testing once is great, but I think the power in this testing is truly the longitudinal analysis, the before and after and figuring out what works for you. Because what works for me, Brooke, might not work for you, right? We need your specific epigenetic markers to understand maybe, you know, why something would work better for you. Yeah, that's fascinating. And also just being able to see the change in your lifestyle and behavior and how that actually impacts your body. Yeah, we test a lot of healthy people at True Diagnostic. So, you know, we work with people who are in this integrative functional precision medicine space. We've tested about 25,000 people to date. And that being said, you know, a lot of, it's not your typical general population whatsoever, right? Mm -hmm. So a lot of people have really good metrics. I always, always have people tell me, oh my gosh, you know, this is great, but what if I tested a year or two ago before I started my health journey? I wanted to know beforehand so I could see that change. And I was like, yeah, you know, that'd be super interesting, but you have your baseline now, implement a couple things and then retest six months, maybe 12 months later to see if we can get those metrics looking even better. So if somebody were to just on their own, take the test, when it comes back from true diagnostic, is there an explanation that comes along with it? Like, I would be able to read it and understand what changes I need to make or. Definitely. Yeah. We have a lot of assets too. So if you ever need more information, we're happy to send you the literature, how we created those algorithms, what really looks to move the marker, but we kind of have a nice summary report that gives you all of the outcomes on, on one single report, but then we have expanded reports for each metric that go a lot in depth. Because you have, you have two types of people, right? You have people who want to know everything, want to read everything, yeah. want to go through all the, the, oh, yeah. the references. Um, you kind of have all those people who are like, whatever, just show me the results. Let me see yeah. how, how I did. Just so, tell me what to do. Yeah. <laughs> I don't need yeah, to read so, the research. Just tell me what to do. <laughs> exactly. So we have both, but again, a lot of webinars, even like on our YouTube channel, trying to shed light to even the researchers and, and what they've done as well. Cool. Amazing. I know you mentioned Mm -hmm. truediagnostic.com, but you also have a podcast where you talk a lot about the research. So if you're somebody who wants to geek out on the research. Yeah, definitely. It's just called everything epigenetics. So you can go on my website, everythingepigenetics.com. You'll find all the episodes there. I'm on Instagram, everything epigenetics as well. But like Brooke said, there's not really a platform out there that does a great job at explaining epigenetics, what it means, how it relates to our health. It really affects every aspect of our, of our daily life. So I'm trying to talk with researchers really who have never publicly spoken about their research before. Um, And I think it's super important. So I'm, I'm essentially giving them a platform and really supporting them to make sure that their, their work gets noticed. And it's for the average Joe, or it's for someone who's, you know, a PhD MD or very, you know, high up in this space. So it's really made for everyone to understand it. I think it's really cool what you're doing just because of the research aspect, because there is so much information out there and you get influencers on TikTok saying, this is what you should be doing. Right. And, and it's not always research backed. And that's why I think it's really cool that you're letting the actual scientists talk about what they're actually seeing. I'm going to link to all of that below. Hannah, thank you so much. Thanks, Brooke. This has been awesome. I appreciate your time. 
If you're ready to stop spinning out and get out of stress mode, hypnotherapy is a tool that activates the body's rest and digest system and trains the brain to calm down quickly. So click the link below to schedule a complimentary well-being session where you and I can map out a plan for you to get some relief, to start feeling calmer and more confident in your mind and body. I cannot wait to chat with you. Click that link below.